This is Chapter 30 of the WCBS Author Talks podcast. I'm Lisa Chernkovich. We peek behind the curtain on the craft of writing this week. First, we chat with thriller writer Kyle Mills about taking over for a legend. Then, we find out what it's like to create new worlds from fantasy writer Kim Alexander. Author Kyle Mills had the daunting task of taking over Vince Flynn's beloved Mitch Rapp series after Flynn died of cancer in 2013. I recently spoke with him about the newest book in the series and just how hard it is to bring someone else's characters to life. So the new book is called Enemy of the State. Why didn't you tell us a little bit about it? This is a book that kind of challenges Mitch Rapp in a different way in that he's always had the support of the CIA. And in this one, he has to go kind of completely rogue and move away from the agency and is at odds with the United States on a mission relating to dealing with some Saudis who had involvement in 9-11. And this is the third book you've written since taking over for Vince Flynn. What was it like to do that? It was quite a challenge. Uh, you know, he was he had died sort of at the height of his popularity and his talent. And I didn't want to change much. So I really had to learn how he wrote, uh, which is really different than the way I did in his style and learn everything about the universe he created and the characters he created and essentially try to create a forgery. And I guess the the best judge of that would be his fans. How did they react? Uh, they've reacted really positively. Uh, I, I almost overwhelming and universal, universally have liked the books. Um, you know, obviously I get some net picks every once in a while because everybody reads a book differently and it sees character differently, but uh, it's kind of been successful beyond my wildest dreams. I was a little nervous when I took it over. And I understand there was uh, some kind of process behind the whole selection. Yeah, I, you know, I, I got a call and, and they wanted some ideas on where I would take the series and the character. And uh, I gave it some thought. I reread The Survivor, which was the last book that Vince had written and kind of gave them some ideas of where I would go. But then at the end of it said, you know, I probably won't really do any of this stuff because I'll change my mind five times. And then I thought, well, that was a terrible interview. I was never going to get that job, but surprisingly, I did. I think we all go through that when we have job interviews. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You mentioned that this writing style is different than what you would normally write. Do you still write under your own name? No. Uh, I would like to, and I kind of play with it every now and then, but uh, the, the Mitch Rapp series is definitely a full-time job. <laughs> And one of the first or the first movie based on one of his books is coming out, American Assassin, yeah. which I think is later in September. What are your thoughts on the movie? I thought it was great. Uh, CBS did a terrific job. The actors were pretty much exactly as I pictured them. Dylan did uh, a terrific job as Mitch Rapp. Uh, Michael Keaton always does a great job, and he really did uh, personify Stan Hurley. So I think uh, I think the fans are going to be ecstatic. Everybody that I know that's seen the movie thinks it's terrific. Before all this, you already had a pretty cool connection to the thriller writing world. For people who don't know that story, can you share it? Oh uh, well, with my father was a uh, 
uh, an FBI agent for 20 years, went on to be the director of Interpol. He was a legal attaché to the United Kingdom. Uh, and that kind of connected me from when I was a small kid to uh, people in spec ops at the FBI, CIA, MI6. So it was sort of the world I grew up in, which made it easy uh, to do the research and to understand the characters and the scenarios which is really why I got into thrillers. When I first decided I wanted to write books, I wasn't quite sure what genre I wanted to write in um, because I read in a lot of different genres. Uh, and I thought, this is before the internet, and I thought, oh, well, I know a lot about this, so they say write what you know, so maybe I should write a thriller. And I guess I have a little fun fact here that Tom Clancy based one of his characters off your dad? He did, yeah, the Dan Murray character, uh, who became the director of the FBI. And same initials, but uh, different name. And yeah, we met Tom when he still ran his insurance agency. Uh, he was writing his second book, and he came to the UK to um, meet with my father because my father was in a position of one of his characters, uh, the legal attaché there. Um, and he came to dinner because he didn't have anywhere to go. And my father said, "Hey, I'm, I'm ha- there's an insurance agent who writes books." And I, I'm going to have him over. And I had never no, had never heard of the guy. Um, he had, his book had just come out, uh, uh, Hunt for Red October, and I think was still on Naval Press at that point. What's next for you, Ed? The next in the series? Have you uh, have put any thought into that? Yeah, I just signed on for three more. So uh, I'm kind of excited about that. Uh, yeah, I've, I've got a huge outline for the next one already. So I uh, hopefully start writing it here in the next week or two. I, I've just got to finish up this outline. I write really elaborate outlines, which is also the opposite of how Vince did it, but it works for me. I guess at this point you do have to do what works for you to keep the fans happy. Yeah, exactly. Well, Kyle, thank you for taking some time to uh, talk to us. Sure. It's been fun. Thanks. As someone who isn't an author, I've always been fascinated by the creative process of putting ideas to paper. Fantasy writer Kim Alexander was game enough to answer all my questions. You're now an author, but you came to writing in a roundabout kind of way. Why don't you tell us a little bit first about how you got started? Well, I've, I've been a huge reader, which is I think how most writers get their start on my whole life. And uh, I ended up working in radio. And I was a a traffic reporter. In fact, I just heard uh, Traffic and Weather Together on the 8th, and I did traffic reports for uh, Sirius XM Radio for for a couple of years. And uh, I was that that traffic person. But, of course, I was always uh, still reading and writing. I wrote commercial copy. I wrote lots of different things. I wrote essays. um, And XM was kind enough to uh, give me a slot on their short-lived but wonderful women's talk channel. And uh, the program director, Amy Ryer, uh, wanted me to start doing book reviews, and those started out as five minutes and ultimately became half an hour, and they said, well, now you have to interview authors, and I said, no, I can't do that. I've I've never done that before, and they said, no, you don't understand. You already have the show. You have to start interviewing authors, so I learned on the job very quickly, and that lasted for about 10 years, and it was glorious because my whole job was to read and talk to authors, and then the channel went away. It was Sirius XM Book Radio, and that went away, and uh, I had a some time on my hands, and I said okay, to my husband, okay, I have no job. I'm going to go be a barista now. And He said, no, you're going to write your book, which is what I've always probably had in my heart, even though I didn't really know it all along. 
So for the last four years, that's what I've been doing, uh, sitting in front of my computer and staring out the window. I mean, working on my writing. <laughs> so you write fantasy books. Why yes, that I write genre? It's, it's like I said, uh, growing up, that's mostly what I read, science fiction and fantasy. That's the world I like to live in, and particularly with the, uh, the way the real world is. I, uh, I try and back away from reality as much as I can. And uh, there's something to be gained from looking at the world from a perspective of a different kind of world, trying to work through problems and, and see how characters would behave that baby are less human than myself or more human in different ways. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I like Game of Thrones-style grown-up epic fantasy. So your That's series is called Demon Door Series. What can readers yeah, expect? Uh, it's uh, epic fantasy, as I said. So it takes place on two worlds, which are very different. One is human. One is the, the demon kingdom of Eris. They were at war. Uh, Eris is forgotten uh, in ruins and cut off from the human world, which has moved on like the victors often do, and, and I've kind of forgotten about the losers. The losers of the Demon Kingdom have not forgotten about them. And it's the story of a family on either side of the door, which is the portal, and uh, how one of them, a young man on the wrong side of the door, grows up wanting to know more about uh, the humans and ultimately finds out. And a woman on the other side of the door, the human side, who feels like there's something she's missing in her life, she finds it too, but it takes, it takes a long time for them to find each other and, and get there. So there's a, there's, there's a lot of characters and a lot of plot along the way. What is it like to create two different worlds from scratch? Um, I, I really liked it more than I thought I was going to. At first, I was only interested in writing about the characters. In fact, my first draft was almost all dialogue. My brother handed it back to me and said, you have written a screenplay. You, you cannot write fantasy. If, if You have to describe the room that they're sitting in. Uh, so I had to go back and really think about what do they see, what are they wearing, what are they smelling, what are they eating. And uh, I got to be set decorator and designer and uh, visual editor. And it it took a lot of time and a lot of thought, but I really enjoyed it. I made the, the human world recognizably human so that uh, readers would have a point of reference. It's uh, a city. My home city is Washington, D.C. It's a little bit like that. It's a medium-sized city on a river. Uh, set, I would guess, uh, turn of the 19th century technology. Uh, but it's so much thinking through. If your characters can do this, why would they do that? If uh, they don't have phones, how do they communicate? Now, they don't send ravens like in Game of Thrones, but they do manage to communicate with each other. So it was a lot of staring out the window and thinking through, but I really enjoyed it. Did you find yourself drawing on those books that you grew up reading? I think you have to. Um, I, I, I've talked to authors who uh, don't read in their own genre while they're working, and I can certainly appreciate that. You don't want to inadvertently borrow. But I think I, I, I drew more from like Anne. I'm a huge fan of Anne Rice, particularly the interview with the vampire series. And I try to think about the lushness of her, the way she described things and the sensuality of, of her descriptions. And uh, Neil Gaiman, the... Uh, the, hu the humanness and Stephen King, the humanness of their characters. So I, I took, I tried to think of them as mentors. Some of them I've met, some of them I've not. Uh, mentors, whether they know it or not, that's, that's I think, where, what I drew from. As a non-writer, this seems like the hardest thing in the world to do all this. <laughs> was it more hard or was it more fun? Because you basically could do whatever you wanted to. Well, yes and no. Um, Consistency, particularly in, in fantasy, is really important. Um, 
I, I loved it, but I really wish that I had uh, paid a little more attention to outlining uh, when I started, because if you give somebody blue eyes in book one, they better have book eye, blue eyes in book three. And if you give somebody wings and superpowers, that you've given them too much power, and why wouldn't they use it? So you can't, you, you're, you've got a great big sandbox to play in, and you can do anything you want, but you have to have limits because limits create conflict, and conflict creates drama. And uh, you have to be consistent. So the the short answer is yes, I absolutely loved it. And the long answer is uh, you have to really think about what you're doing before you do it, which I wish I'd done a little bit more of. You almost need to create your own encyclopedia first and then work from there. You really do. Um, some people definitely advocate planning that all out in advance. And I think if you're writing like uh, paranormal fiction or something that takes place in a more grounded in a real world, uh, that's that's extremely useful. And uh, yes, I have to say, I wish I'd done more outlining before I started this giant four book series. So there used to be a time when this genre in particular belonged to like the geeks and the nerds. But it's mm-hmm. definitely become more mainstream in the last few years, a lot because of the Hollywood treatment, all the big shows, the big movies. I imagine mm-hmm. that's a good thing for you. Well, I certainly hope so, because it gives you the opportunity, especially on platforms like uh, Amazon. Uh, if you like this, then you might like that. Uh, the problem, of course, is there's 83 gajillion books written in epic fantasy, young adult fantasy, paranormal fantasy. So getting your head above the, the huge crowd is, is extremely difficult. Uh, not impossible, but difficult. I'm trying. And are you working on that next book in the series? Yes. In fact, uh, book three, my uh, editor, Carly Bornstein uh, Hayward, is uh, fantastic. I've been working with her for a couple of years. She's got book three in her little delicate slender hands right now, marking it up with a red pen probably, and I'm uh, blocking out and completely outlining book four, which will be the final book in the series. So I've got a tiny little bit of downtime right now to talk to you, but not very much. (laughs) And I guess after you wrap the series up, do you already have another completely new one in mind? Yes, and I've started working on that also. Uh, Carly and I were talking about my series, which is rather complicated and very hard to boil down, as I failed to do a few (laughs) minutes ago. Uh, And I said, oh, my God, Carly, my next book is going to be Time-Traveling Crime Fighters. And we laughed and moved on. And then I started thinking, well, what what would that book be like? So I've actually started working on Time-Traveling Crime Fighters, uh, maybe a third of the way in. So that'll be probably my, my next big project. That sounds cool to me. I hope so. And I've also got a, a rather short paranormal fantasy, just to see if I could do it. Uh, a write a single uh, point of view, first-person point of view, set in contemporary D.C. Uh, about a young woman who saves the life of a unicorn. And that comes out at the end of September. It's called Pure. And that was a lot of fun, because that was just cutting it down to the bare bones. Uh, not a huge cast, first-person. Um, I didn't have to create a fantasy world that didn't exist from scratch. Uh, so that was an experiment that I think worked, and that, like I said, that'll be out at the end of September. But that's just, I think, a one-off. And that is on point with the whole unicorn trend happening right now. <laughs> I certainly hope so. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kim, thank you for taking the time and talking to me today. Thank you very much, Lisa. I love talking to you. That wraps up this week's podcast. If you approve of the job we're doing, let us know. Email us at books at WCBS880.com. And if you haven't already, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WCBS880books.